0: Hey everyone, my name is Miguel. This is SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast, or the SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast, an extension of my channel the socal watch reviews uh, channel on youtube i also have an instagram and a tiktok uh with me today as always is my good friend uh perry ross p ross how's it going good morning
1: yo 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 what's up people this is your boy p ross once again it's on we are back in the building with another one
0: yo p we've been doing this yeah. for three years i always ask like every episode i ask how many t- how many years have we been doing this three years way before 304, covid three yeah we did it a- yeah. We did it before COVID and then everybody else copied. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's plenty of room for everybody. But <laughs> right. We lo- we love what we do. We made it through COVID. And, and, you know, COVID was a very difficult time for a lot of people, right? A lot of people got uh, depressed and being endorsed. And obviously I don't even want to get into the actual factual thing about people getting sick and, you know, the rest. Because uh, that's, I don't want to start this on an off uh, depressing note. But one of the things that really helped us or I don't know about you, P, but One of the things that helped me get through the depression and COVID and all that is all you guys, the members of the community, and, and watches. And it sounds absolutely. silly, you know. Watches are just this little object that, just, when when you really think about it, or you try to explain it to somebody else that's not into watches, it makes absolutely no sense because they go, "Wait, you mean that thing that I when I go to the mall and I walk past a watch like that brings people together?" Like. It's so much deeper than that. It's not just aesthetics. It's just so much deeper than that. But that's what helped me. And uh, it's absolutely, absolutely. It, it kind of ties in with the person that we have uh, as a guest because they started something during COVID. So anyway, P, before we move on and talk about other things, why don't you introduce our guest? He's anxiously waiting and I, I know he wants to talk. So
1: <laughs> let's make it happen, Yo, well- man. Well, you know what? Let's get into it, yo. You know what I mean? Let's yo, from across the pond, okay? You know what I'm saying? The From the epicenter, Hong Kong, in the building, we have a horological enthusiast. And his group is called the Horology Club. We got Jonathan in the building, baby. Let's go. Let's do
2: it. Jonathan, <laughs> Welcome, I, don't think, I don't think I don't think I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever heard a better intro. Thank you, Stand thank up. you. It's amazing.
0: Uh, <laughs> I have to know. Uh, I have to know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! This
2: shit Stand up! <laughs>
0: hey, Jonathan, go. how are you?
2: <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure being here.
0: No, hey the the pleasure all ours uh so you reached out to me I've I personally never heard of your group obviously I've heard of like red bar and stuff like that but you you reached out to me you wanted to come on the podcast and I, I've made it very well P Ross and I have made it very public and very clear that I know it's a lot of podcasts out there that are like super exclusive right and they they curate their their guests we're not like that as long as you're cool you're a member of the the watch family and we have time to have you and to host you we don't care we're just part of the community. So thank you so much for reaching out, man. Do appreciate it. Yes, sir. No, so, no it's, it's uh,
2: my absolute.
0: If you don't mind uh, asking, I'm just a little confused because our podcast is not huge. I mean, we're, I guess we're kind of known in little circles here and there. Cause we've been doing it for a while, but how did you hear about our, our podcast? You were in Hong Kong. So how, how, who, who brought it up to your attention?
2: No, I mean, I'm just uh, a crazy watch collector. And, uh, you know now and then i'm just always looking for more watch content to consume you know I, i've i got this really obsessive personality and uh you know one day i'm just like looking up channels on youtube and on itunes and podcasts sometimes it's like sitting on the bus and thinking about well what, what should i be doing and and i'm like well i gotta consume more watch content and that's pretty <laughs> much how i came across you guys you know your youtube channel the podcast and like Oh, why don't I click into this? And then, you know, I just checking out a few of your stuff and it's like, wow, this is really cool. You know, you guys, these guys with the passion. I, I like what these guys, what I'm seeing. And and that's pretty much how I, how I came across it.
0: I appreciate that though. So, and, and I hit, you, you hit some pretty good points. Like uh, we are uh, very passionate about what we do. We don't get paid. And it's funny. Uh, I had a, this business owner uh, in the watch industry kind of, reach out to me and he's like, okay, well, let's, let's talk. I want to talk. If you're, if you're open to it, let's talk about your numbers and how much money you're getting paid and all that. And I'm <laughs> like, I'll make it very easy for you. I'm getting paid $0 and P Ross is getting yeah. paid $0. Like we pay Beautiful. to record this podcast, the lighting, <laughs> the microphone, the zoom subscription, like we pay to create content, which is stupid. And it's crazy. Cause Everybody's jumping on this podcast uh, bandwagon because they want to make money, uh, I guess. I mean, if if you get the right sponsors, you know what I mean? Now, I will be transparent. We had one sponsorship, right, P? At one point just yeah. in our life, it was Chrono24. Right. They send out $500. We split it, but some of that money got used for equipment and right. to pay for the subscription of Zoom, which is close to $200. So anybody listening? We haven't even made a subscription model. We don't ask for money. We don't ask for donations. But if you're a company out there and you want to help us pay for the Zoom subscription so we can keep going, we're open to it. <laughs> you know,
1: we appreciate oh, oh, it. Oh, yeah, but... no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. You know what? You know what? This is free entertainment. You know what I mean? Watch content. Yo, y'all need to get down with the program. Yeah. And you know so... what the craziest thing is? I was, I was just
0: thinking about it. was talking to a buddy of mine the swiss watch industry there's just so much money there right and a lot of these content creators and i hate to say this and i'm not going to name any names but i've been in this game long enough that i know there's money being exchanged where people don't even talk about it right uh but we Mm -hmm. can tell you with confidence that we're not one of those groups so uh and if we ever get any money any sponsorship we're always very transparent about it because what i hate is when people are being deceived. This is the greatest watch in the world. Little do people know they got paid by the company or they got a free watch or yeah. they got this partnership yeah. going yeah. on. And it's stupid. It's like mm. you need to be transparent because the minute the money gets exchanged, in my opinion, it's not really a review. It's just more an overview of what what you're looking at. And you should have an opinion, right? Um, whether it be negative mm-hmm. or positive. But it's kind of hard to trust somebody when it's like, well, you got paid like why am i gonna trust you how am i gonna spend three thousand dollars on a watch when you got it for free like of course you're gonna talk good about it you're not gonna talk bad about it yeah. because then you yeah. ruin your reputation or you burn a bridge with the company you know so so anyway
2: yeah, Um uh, I mean, what you just said is just it really resonates with us i mean we're, we're we're kind of the same we pretty pretty much started this club and and uh you know, we don't get paid either. You know, people always ask us, Oh, you know, you've got this club, you've started this and you've got quite a few people, you guys are business. And we're like, Yeah, we're business. We're just uh shitty businessmen. We don't make any money from it. We get paid zero. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man. So, yeah, it well, resonates we, a lot before we discuss the club and, and kind of really get into watch collecting, why don't we do a wrist check? Because you have a really nice piece that I don't I never met anybody actually. I take that back. We had NYC watch guy on our podcast, and that guy has like, a heavy collection. Oh, and who, it, yeah. I, yeah, I think he has a, a, a work in his collection that's something tied into Michael Jordan. Mm. or I don't know what. But anyway, mm. why don't we do a wrist check? My man, Jonathan, why don't you go first? Since you are a guest, what are you rocking? Uh
2: Today, I'm wearing a, a work. You are 100. Um, this iteration is the the very first version uh, made in twenty five pieces of steel and titanium oh. in this uh, monochromatic uh, yeah. uh, colorway. Gorgeous! Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. It's Fire. It's awesome. And, and you know what? It's crazy. So how long have you had your work? Uh, two years now. Two years. Two years. So, yeah. correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. I mean, ear work, in my opinion, and in in the big scheme of things, they're underrated. Nobody really knows what they are, and it's a crazy watch looking watch complication way of telling time. They've been around for a long time, though like 15 years, or I, I know they've been around for a while. No, uh,
2: 25, 1997. Oh, 25. Yes, okay. 1992. Okay. Yes, so, so, so they've been around yes, for so, a while, uh... but.
0: And, and the craziest thing is that the independent craze is like a craze now, like right has been like through COVID or whatever, like FP Jordan and work and okay. MBNF and stuff like that. But prior to that, like the independent scene wasn't what it is today. So it's crazy that our mm-hmm. survived because their pieces are very expensive, like they're not attainable at all. You know what I mean? So kudos mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you what? That I... was one of
1: 25
2: pieces. Yes. So they okay. released this in 20, 2019. It was their first, I'd say, most dumbed down work um, and the cheapest at the time. And uh, and for me, I always thought our work pieces were really big and thick and crazy looking. Right. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to rock one of these. I've got a tiny wrist. Um, but one day I just tried it on um, in, in person at, at an auction preview and the, 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 i mean the dimensions of it look at it it's just super thin sure. it sits really well wrist um yeah. and and even on the wrist my my small 60 and a half like it sits within it and it just kind of opened my eyes to the whole brand i'm like wow okay i can rock this and then the moment i had it on my wrist i was like i'm gonna get one and i was able to find one in this specific iteration which is the one i wanted and uh yeah i just pulled the trigger it's like i gotta have it <laughs>
1: Now, that's on a rubber strap, right? It look like a rubber strap. Yes. What's so, the lug uh, width on both sides? Because they look
2: different. So on this one, um, it's a little bit different. Um, this was actually the stock or work rubber strap. So on this side, it's a, uh, let's see if I can get focus. Yeah. Yeah, Here, this one is like this. Um, it doesn't have a fixed lug width because it's kind of like the design right. is a little bit unorthodox. So this is yeah. the, the, the stock one. Okay. Uh, and then this one has a, oh what? yeah so yeah i think no, this rubber so nice. strap completely changes it for me um for me previously it comes on the fabric strap which is quite hard um and this okay. rubber strap kind of dresses it down and makes it even more sporty okay. but i'm assuming Not- that's
0: an oem rubber strap right because it'll be crazy to get like a custom yes. one oh, yes. okay
2: an oem with a over clasp as well also in titanium
0: now let me ask you is this the yeah. only ur in your collection uh or are you planning on or you have another one or
2: i i actually i actually have two two more um oh my god um one, wow um, if you i mean i, I can bring him over uh, but, um no it's um, it's fine but you can talk about them what what <laughs> else do you have um the 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 other one's a two series it's a work 202 um it's one of the the earliest two series that they have um it's the one with the 3d hours and oh, telescopic alt, yeah. auto- right extending and shortening hands um and that one's that one's quite crazy i think that's like for me that was the one that was the orc they wanted to make first but they they couldn't um, this was back in when the Urwerk guys were, were working with Max Busser uh, at, for on the project Harry Winston and right. the Opus, uh, Opus Opus Five. One, Opus uh, five. Right. The, the Opus Five was the one with Urwerk, and they actually had this one where the the hours were three D right. rotating. Yep. Um That was released under the, the Harry Winston name, and so when finally they had the money to do it um, themselves, they released the two series, which was this uh, the two. 201 series so that's the one that i have and finally the last O'Work piece i have is half an orc um it's actually an orc piece in collaboration with mbnf so 10 years ago in 2013 mbnf orc decided to come together again after the collaboration in in, in harry uh, harry winston max is like hey guys why don't we do another collaboration and they actually created a secret watch under secret brand um, which was named uh the chemical formula for nitroglycerin and these guys were crazy they basically came up with this watch mbnf made the case Burk made the movement it was a Wankel engine inspired movement and then they just put it online on under on this random website and then sold it online this is back in 2013 like e-commerce wasn't even a thing and these guys are selling like two hundred thousand dollar watches online they made 12 pieces in black 12 pieces in silver zirconium Mm and that's it after that and then they took down the website so the company now is now gone there's no such company and so yeah i i yeah yeah. it took me a while to find one of these but (laughs) thank you no 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 Yes.
0: Would you be yeah. open? So let's finish the risk check. But would you be open, uh, to talk a little bit about what pieces are in your collection? Have you done a collection review, like publicly, or not yet? Or,
2: um, I mean, not really, but I, I, am I'm, I'm an open guy. I'm not a, yeah. I mean, right, I'm, you're I'm right. completely fine with that. Yeah. All
1: right. <laughs>
0: well, let's finish this. up.
1: P. Ross, what are you? What are you rocking? <laughs> Yo, I am rocking the. SoCal Watch reviews official watch the Seiko Flightmaster on a King leather strap. Yo, you know what? This strap really kill the game, boy.
0: I a think guy. the strap costs more than the watch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right? Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah, man. Is that like yeah. a yellow
2: stitching and yellow side? Yeah. Yeah. Waxing. Uh huh. Yeah, Stick. man. Yes, so we, we
0: have a we have a friend uh king watch Leathercraft. he, he he's taking a break right now I, I think he kind of got burned out on social media but he used to live here in california and he reached out to me because he he uh followed the channel he's like hey you know i, I want to make a strap for you i'm a leather worker and i was like oh okay cool right because that he made like custom bespoke uh that leather straps and he made one for me and I was so impressed. I introduced him to my buddies, to, to uh, P. Ross and two other friends and he did uh, some work for them and then he moved to Texas. But yeah, he quit because he started getting a lot of orders and I guess he's like, he had a little one, you know, he's like, I want to pay more attention to my family. Social media is just not my thing. Yeah. But yeah, he used to charge like a hundred bucks or $110 yeah. for a custom made strap. Every, anything you wanted, like what mm-hmm. color, what material. Obviously, if you wanted like ostrich or something, it'd be a little more expensive. But Some of the best straps I've ever had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was all custom. Like, you tell me what color, you tell me what stitching, and great communication. So, for P. Ross, he made him that custom strap, like, 100% just from scratch. Wow. Yeah, man.
2: Custom straps. Like, the straps are so underrated nowadays. Like, a a nice strap can make or break a watch.
0: 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree, man. All right, on my wrists. Rocking the OG, the Black Bay 58. So this is a gilt dial with the little red triangle. Uh I want to check out one of the 54s, one of the new ones, just to compare oh. it.
1: Mm-hmm. it.
0: You know, but but I was I was thinking of of some of the one of the main things that made me buy this watch and is the red triangle on top. I, I know it sounds silly, but mm. the new one doesn't have it, and it just the charm got taken away from it. Like it just I don't know. There's something about this little red triangle that's so cool. You don't see many dive watches that resemble a big crown, a Rolex big crown, and this one does. You know, it, it just kind of pays homage to that. So, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the fifty-four? I mean, any opinions on it?
2: It looks pretty good, man. I like it. I really like it. Okay, you
0: know? yeah. Jonathan. Yeah,
2: I, I, I think I would agree with that. I think when I, when I was at Watches and Wonders, me and my Two other co-founders of the club we actually set ourselves a rule that whoever was going to buy a watch during our trip there had to pay had to buy us everyone dinner and so <laughs> we were actively trying not to buy watches and then we and then we saw the blackberry 54 and we're like geez this is so nice and we all <laughs> almost tried to break we almost broke the rule we actually queued outside a two-door store Oh, okay. um, this is the first time I've ever had to queue for anything let alone a, a, it was a Tudor store in the middle of Geneva right. and it took us an hour to queue. and then finally we got in and we tried on the got to try on the Black Bay and the guy was like, oh yeah, we don't have any Black Bay 54s for sale, by the way Wow, and, and we're like, oh, you, you could have told us an hour ago yeah. we wouldn't have had to queue the whole time but uh, yeah, I mean, it's an amazing watch. I think I really like the, the wearability of it. Um, it's amazing. But I think um, the, the red triangle thing—I mean, they, they had to. If they had, to, if they kept it on, it would be just too popular. So, 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 so
1: if you uh, if you would have got in and they would have had them, would you have bought one?
2: I think I would have. I think I would have. It was more like at the spur of a moment. It was nice, it, it, and it was kind of like our first watches and wonders. So we wanted to kind of commemorate that. Um, but the fact that they didn't have it and now I'm back in Hong Kong it's kind of like uh, no I don't I, now I don't really want it but it's still a nice watch objectively right. speaking. You know, I, I had friends who bought it and yeah great watch
0: so how do you feel about uh, Tudor as a brand
2: uh I think Tudor is doing some great stuff I mean within that price range it's hard to it's hard to beat uh, and for me Tudor is doing stuff that, i wish rolex was doing right you know just being a, a good solid tool watch no nonsense you know affordable accessible uh, and and rolex is, is not that nowadays you know rolex set off to be that but it's just morphed into something different so yeah i think Tudor is a great great piece and uh, i mean if anyone who's starting off or even in the hobby for a while i would asked me one recommendation for one watch collection it's like you know the black bay or the Pelicus. it's great one watch collection you're done
0: yeah yeah well especially what they're going to do in the next coming years with the meta certification across the board and T Fit and i, I mm-hmm. mean for the price you can't beat it you know what yeah. I mean, uh so yeah no incredible watches so why don't we jump into your club man so i, I i've heard a red bar i've heard some other little groups like here in california we have the also uh orange Mm -hmm. county chrono group and san diego chrono group and and, then they just kind of expand it but why make a tell us the name of your club how many members what's 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 why even create a club what what was the premise behind it was it to make money was it to create a watch in the future like what just walk Mm -hmm. us through the process and everything
2: sure sure so um, our name is, uh, we call ourselves the Horology Club. Um, we started a year and a half ago. Um, well, actually, we I would say we started in a way that's a little bit inverse to how club other clubs usually start. Other clubs usually have an objective, and they're trying to achieve that. And then through creating a club, they then go and achieve it. For us, it was the reverse. It was actually just a bunch of friends. And we wanted to create a watch first. The watch came before the club. You know, it was just a bunch of friends. And we went on a, a trip uh a long time, 15 years ago, and we're like, why don't we create a watch to commemorate that? You know, the, the watch club was never a thing. And so we're deciding, okay, how how are we how are we gonna come up with the watch? How are we gonna design it? Um, we came across an independent brand, an Austrian independent brand called uh, Habring, and we yeah. decided to design a watch. Uh, we really liked the deadbeat seconds complication, mm-hmm. and Habring was able to uh, allow us to customize a piece uh, to do this. And so we came together, we designed a piece, um, and... When Richard Habring was asking us, um, what do you want to engrave on the back of the watch? We're like, oh, huh, we never really thought about it. What should we call ourselves? And we decided, oh, well, we're in Hong Kong. Um, at the time, we're like, okay, we don't, didn't really see a, an open and inclusive community. I mean, we have watch clubs here in Hong Kong, but they're all kind of a bit closed." Um, and I kind of went against what we thought a real watch club should be you know sometimes a hobby watches can be a bit intimidating you know, especially if you're new you know yeah. got so many brands you've got that you know the pricing can sometimes be a bit intimidating you know all these things and the, the knowledge and the lack of it and sometimes if you're a new guy you're like okay it's a bit scary and if you have these clubs and you're oh, you need to know somebody you need to be referred and approved and interviewed and we're like, that kind of goes against the spirit of, of collecting. The spirit of collecting is about sharing, about being open. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, why don't we start a club ourselves? Um, and we're going to call it the Horology Club. And that's basically how we started. That's what we engraved on the back of the watch. We created this watch. And then we said, okay, let's start the club. Um, that was about a year and a half ago. Uh, and since then, it's gone from the three of us. Um, and it's grown, grown, grown. Now we have two, 300 members. Whoa. Um, our events from our first event was 25 people uh and then it went on to like 35 55 and then covid in hong kong just closed everything down for six months straight and then come back reopen and then 60 70 80 and then one of our recent events we had about almost 100 100 people um yeah
0: that's insane man so yeah, walk us through the process of uh, what what's the objective aside from friendships and bringing people together. What is what's what's the end goal? Are you guys trying to raise money for a foundation or a nonprofit, or trying to collectively get more money to create a, a watch, another watch now for more people, or what's 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 the idea behind
2: it? Um. So the idea it's it's been morphing. We've slowly tried try to uh. Try to find what our next step is, um, I think I would say right now our biggest priorities are um, spreading the knowledge about brands and watchmakers that are doing cool things in the industry, uh, in a multitude of ways. So, one of the ways we do that is through a YouTube channel, so we started to do uh, content. Um, so in this content we're doing things like deep dives into brands that people might not necessarily have heard of. It could be like an, you know it could be earwork. So within our community, especially in Hong Kong which is which is we think is one of the epicenters of the, the, the horological hobbies. You, know, you see a lot of watches here. See, um, so things like earwork there are still there are a lot of watches here and from here we uh, with our community we're able to get access to, borrowing these watches doing deep dives and talking about them so we're able to amass say five six different artworks and then we can do a video and talk about you know why is so cool these are the watches things like that so we do that through our youtube channel um but another thing that's very close to our hearts is actually as you say designing um more collaboration pieces so our first one was with habring uh, we've actually got a few projects in place uh, with other brands um, with a focus more on indie brands um, to to do what we call thc creations so horology club design custom design pieces um, that we will hopefully announce to the, uh to the to our community as well as the international watch community and um, for, for for collectors to be able to get a, a look at at these designs as well as trying to find out the 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 fruits of labor for from these independent watch brands Cool. very cool nice <laughs> nice nice now, so now
1: as a collect oh go ahead, Miguel, go ahead. no 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 go ahead guys, Go ask away now now as a collector you guys have a pretty heavy heavy hardcore pieces right do you have any pieces that you bought that you regret <laughs> or you just kind of like, look at it like, well, I'll, you know, at the time it was okay, but now it's like, ah, I wish I wouldn't have got it.
2: <laughs> He's like, nope, mm.
1: <laughs> no
0: regrets.
2: For me, I'd say, yeah. um Not so much. I like to, I like to learn from every experience, whether, even if it's something um, where I might not be fully convinced with my purchase. I always try to learn from something from it. You know, even if there's a, right. a sense of a twinge of regret, I'm like, okay, that te- that taught me something. And so therefore I can't really regret it because if I didn't go through this, I wouldn't learn why I didn't like it. Why am I feeling this regret now? And I think that is a part it's it's almost like saying in this collecting journey, can you collect without making any mistakes? And if you do, does that actually mean that you took the risks you should have taken? No way. There's no way you can go on the perfect collecting journey and buy everything that you exactly did. You know, the whole fun part and parcel of the of the collecting journey is to make mistakes. And that's what kind of what makes it fun. And then eventually, as you progress as a collector. Then you're like, okay, I, I I didn't do this mistake that I did like you know two three years ago, so I think it's all, all part and parcel. Um, so yeah, not not really regret, big regrets. Um, I'm also quite, I try to be quite discerning. Um, I always ask myself if I buy this watch, I always ask myself two things, right? If I were to keep this watch forever, and I could never sell it, would I be okay with it? And that has to pass the limits test. If the answer is I would not be okay keeping this watch forever, I don't buy it. The second question I ask myself is if I buy this and I and I already know that I'm gonna lose 30, 40, 50, 60 percent on this watch, will I still buy it? And if the answer is yes, then I know that I really love it. But if the answer is no, then I know I don't, then I don't buy it. I never, buy, I make sure I never, not saying resale value is not important, but resale value is never the number one priority for me. And if, it, if it's okay. anywhere close to the top, then I don't buy it.
0: Very oh. interesting cool cool so yeah. let me ask you something so uh a red bar is like known around the world right and one of the biggest rules that they have is don't bring an invicta to the to the meeting because for whatever reason they just don't want it to be photographed and it's like a rule it's like a real rule that they just don't want invicta in there so when you guys get together what kind of watches can people expect to see and furthermore do you guys have any rule kind of like similar to what those guys have or any other rule mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: um that's an interesting rule i've actually never heard of that rule (laughs) actually uh um for us no not so much actually for for, our our rules are really quite simple you know treat everyone with respect um everyone on this journey is you know not everyone has the same resources as you or not everyone is as advanced as you whether it is financial resources or knowledge in in certain things, um, whether it's brands or vintages or models, like sometimes everyone's just on their own path, right? So I think the number one rule for us is always be respectful and and inclusive of others. Um, And so therefore, at our meetups, we we, we range from Seiko's all the way to uh, Philippe Dufour's. MBNFs, Fijorns, but on the other hand, you have people bringing G-Shocks and citizens and Seikos, and I would actually argue, oftentimes, the guys who are bringing the Seikos, if I talk to them, tell me about this citizen. Why is this citizen cool? And they're going on this history about, you know, this citizen. This 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 is this. This this is a model that I found in the eighties, coming from this Japan, and then they used to do this, and they gave this to a specific type of, uh, you know, military um unit and like okay i can tell the passion and for me i don't i would say i don't judge somebody based on their watch but i judge somebody based on their passion and oftentimes the guys who are collecting um the, you know what is admittedly you could say the lower end of the range can often be as passionate or more passionate than the guys who's collecting at the high end of the range right sure, so bear. If somebody can be, if somebody can show me passion collecting Invictus, bring it, no problem. I'd love to hear the story. How can you be so passionate about collecting Invictus? And if you can tell me about your your story, I'd love to hear it.
1: I agree. Invict no, in invicting the building. <laughs>
0: man, no, that's that's always nice to hear. I think the the core principle that you guys have is like just be genuine, be cool, be courteous, be respectful. that's 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 anybody can really ask for, you know what I mean, so and you hit the nail on the head, it doesn't matter what you bring. Is this are you passionate about it? Right. And and unfortunately, having money doesn't make you passionate. It just gives you resources mm-hmm. to get whatever the hell you want. But I have noticed with me personally and with P, I know I can mm-hmm. speak to to your on your behalf, P, but when we started this journey, that's how we started, right? With the lower end pieces and Seiko's and, and then you know, Vic does for P and and whatever Orient. And it's fine because the passion was there and it was like, this is a model that it has. This is how much it measures and this is what's so special about it. Right. And that passion just kind of grew and grew and grew. And as our not not so much the resources, but I guess our willingness to spend more on watches, because when you're new, it's like, I'm not going to pay that much on watches. Like, it's scary, you know, but as you learn (laughs) and you develop, you're like, oh, well, this is something I'm passionate about. So I'm going to invest, you know, more resources into this. So. Yeah, man. So talk about, uh, I guess you said you're worldwide. How how does that work? And uh, do people meet in different places? How does how did that even happen?
2: So, uh, for us, it's we we started in Hong Kong a year and a half ago, and with the stringent COVID rules at the time, it meant that we a lot of us couldn't travel, um, we were kind of confined to Hong Kong. Um, but recently. Uh, what has what we've done is um, travel started opening up Um, just a few weeks ago we started uh, traveling again we went to um, Switzerland Um, we passed by Geneva for the watches and wonders Um, and we also have members who are traveling around and somewhere now in Singapore you know going to New York and London so um, right now our events are mostly done in in Hong Kong but uh, and at these events it's we you know we either book a bar or a restaurant and people are hanging out meeting up each other, but uh, yeah you know eventually if if we're uh, traveling again and we go to London or New York or uh, or somewhere in Europe, we could easily do a THC event. Um, for now, not yet, but that's something that we could uh, we could potentially do down down the line.
0: That makes sense so do you guys have like a website or instagram or what how do you stay yeah. connected
2: Yeah. so uh we're we're on uh www.thehorologyclub.com that's our website we have instagram uh the horology the dot horology club um and the youtube channel the horology club so uh, we've got a few few different venues anyone can be a a THC member you know you just get to a website you sign up for a free account and uh there you go you know on our on our website we've got um video content we've got a blog where we're talking about different um articles uh we also actually have a free consignment service you know um that might be quite interesting uh that is a service that we we provide currently to our Hong Kong based community members. Reasons because we need to borrow the watches, take photos of the watches, list the watches. But, uh, you know, we understand that buying and selling is part of the, the hobby. And uh, so, yeah, so we have a shop where we curate a selection of watches. And these watches are all listed by our community members. Um, and on sale, there are zero commission. So. Um,
0: that's amazing so how do you so you okay so that's interesting so ebay has an authentication uh, program going on right now So on anything above a thousand dollars two thousand dollars whatever how so it's very noble what you're doing because you're not charging commission and you're going out of your way to take photography and upload the the thing because you're passionate about it however how do you guys open up the watch or how do you how do you make sure that it's authentic, and you guys don't get burned because
2: it could happen? Sure, sure. So I think a big part of how we um, make sure that doesn't happen is that we generally have a big focus on watches that are not um, easily uh, common fake. <laughs> oh, got it. Common. Yeah. So you know, if you if you were to say. Uh, there's so many platforms out there selling Rolex Daytona's. Right? right. How 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 are we how are we going to be able to provide somewhere something that is more exclusive to members as well as people who come to a website? You know, that they, they might not necessarily. How do we set ourselves apart? And so, therefore, we have a focus on independent watches, watches that are more mm-hmm. rare to come by. And generally, with independent watches, you're not going to get fake watches. You turn over the you turn over the watch. There's an open case back. You can see the movement finishing. Um say an FP Jordan, for example. An FP one you turn over, you can instantly tell. There's uh right. and also there's also the provenance of our community members. We also know them personally. Um Makes so sense. through our network all of the verification becomes a lot easier An or piece, for example, where are you going to find an over piece uh, and where are you going to even find a fake or piece with box and papers. And you know, so everything becomes a lot easier when, when you're focusing on, uh, on these pieces.
0: Makes sense. That yeah, no, so. def- definitely makes sense, man. Let me, let me ask you something kind of a side note. Cause I'm just like, so blown away by your or work and I love it. Have you heard of a company called Autowalk? they yes yes, okay because i actually have one of their pieces they send it in for review i got to keep it i think they're super Mm -hmm. clever and obviously they're very urwork inspired have you had an opportunity to check one out or what are your thoughts about a company
2: like that um yeah i have played with i have played with an iwalk before um i think what they're doing is 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 quite cool you know the fact that they're able to provide that alternative time telling display um you know, in, in in an alternative manner, and also stick within an affordable price point. You know, right? Every, not everyone be able to able to uh, afford a, a timepiece like our work. Um, I think there's definitely a, a market for this. Um, obviously, the the buyers, as long as they understand that you know this is you know, two different things. You know, I mean, you know, obviously oh, yeah. one uh, is a module that so maybe it's based on the Miota or and trying to trying to achieve the same look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, you know, it, it's two different things. And, and, and for for our work, it's like, it's kind of like a stamp of recognition that, you know, people are, you know, recognize their designs and want to be able to, to kind of replicate that. And uh, it's, it's the same thing, you know, with, with Steinhardt and Rolex, for example, right. you know, it's, it's, it's a stamp of, of success and approval. So I think there's more, it's becoming, it kind of also opens the door for people to be more and more accepting of these kind of crazy watch designs, mm-hmm. you know, without these, it's, it's hard for somebody to, you know, who, you know, who's not maybe that irresponsible with, with the money like myself to mm-hmm. buy a, a timepiece, you know, $40,000, $50,000 on, on, on something so crazy, but maybe, you know, with a brand like Walk, they're able to then, you know, get the experience and then start trying it and like, oh, okay, you know, I could wear something like this. And then yeah. now they start thinking, okay, well, what is the next thing? What is the, the next premium version of Attawark? Oh, and what's the next thing? And then what's the next thing? And eventually, maybe somebody who buys an Attawark is like, okay, now I want the, you know, I've got the, you know, a fraction of the Attawark experience, you know, eventually then they're going to be like, okay, now I want the artwork experience. Yeah, I
0: don't disagree.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, P. Ross, let me ask you because I don't think P. Ross. I don't think we ever talked about this, but do you like like her work designs and stuff like that? Because I know you're a more conservative kind of collector. I,
1: I am very conservative, but but I think some of the designs are okay. You know, what but I mean? would you rock um, it though?
0: Would you would you actually wear it or you just you admire it from I, absolutely, afar? absolutely,
1: absolutely, absolutely? I would rock it for sure. Which, okay. which brings me to this, like, what was the watch for you, Jonathan, that made you say that this is what I want to do as a hobby? This hmm. is my passion. What was the watch?
2: What was the hmm. gateway? <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's an interesting question. But like I mean, that's like,
1: like it, It's like many gateways. Like, I feel like Invicta was kind of a gateway for me. But I think for hmm. me, the watch that actually did it was my Omega Seamaster uh, Deville. You know what I mean? Mm. It made me say, "Wow, this is what I really want
2: to do." You know what I mean? Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I, I I do have a, a first watch, and uh, that kind of got me into everything. Um, so it was a Lecote uh, mm. Master Control um, Geographic. Um, I got that about seven years ago, uh six, seven, seven, eight years ago. Um it was I actually thought it would be the only watch I would ever need. I'd like, you know, who who needs more than one watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but I don't think I wouldn't say that is the one that actually made me recognize that oh shit, I'm balls deep right now. <laughs> yeah. Um I would actually say it is probably this this ORC, this or, okay. I think um before this, to me, I had very conservative taste. You know, watches had to be round, they had to have, you know, three hands, they had to have, you know, a certain proportion, the dimension, they had to be smaller than 40 millimeters, uh, it had to look a bit dressy. Um, but this watch was the one kind of the one that unlocked unlocked my mind. You know, it opened up my my thinking process. And the moment I purchased this piece and started owning this space, I actually then realized that watches had transcended an idea, this idea of something that you wear and watch to tell the time. It became this notion of, oh, wow, watches are actually art to me now. You know, it's like a sculpture or, you know, it just happens to tell the time, but actually it's just a, a spaceship or a piece of art uh, on my wrist. And the moment I started viewing watches as art, that's that's when I just realized that you know uh, i am in too deep I think that's what's up I think you hit a I really we are
0: too deep, yeah, no, but I think Jonathan hit a really interesting point because there is some people out there that really care about accuracy, right costs and meta certification and up to the minute, and they're like super anal about oh my God, how many seconds is it losing, but for a lot of us, I don't know about you guys, but for me. I don't even check the time to be honest with you. I set my watch, but I half of the time I just look at my watch because it looks cool. I'm not even checking the time to be honest with you. So the fact that you look at an object as art and the appreciation for craftsmanship and it, it just puts a smile on your face, whatever it is that you have on, I think that is watch collecting. I mean, watch collecting is a lot of things, but that is when you know you're deep, when you check your wrists and you're like, for three, four times, and you're like, wait, what time was it? <laughs> I didn't even check the yeah. I was just looking <laughs> at my watch, like, you know. Yeah. Um and, and and now I could appreciate that, man. Or work definitely uh for me the crazy pieces are cool. MBNF like when I saw I I been subscribed to the lottery for the mad one and I just I haven't been mm. fortunate to win one, but I will love to own that piece. Mm. Does it look crazy? Yes. Is it thick as hell? Yes. Uh, And and it has a Miyota movement. If you would argue, you're like, damn, they're charging that much for something with a Miyota movement. It's just more about the prominence and the ingenuity Mm -hmm. that Max has and his team has. And it's just it's collecting to a different level. And that's kind of where I'm noticing my journey is kind of taking me, except my wallet doesn't want to take me there because uh, I now have the opportunity to own the Rolex and the Tudor and I've had an Omega. It's, it's cool. I like those pieces because they're recognizable, a lot of history and all that. But the more I look at independent uh, timepieces, um, MB&F, of course, Jorn, Erwark, and all these little uh, watch uh, independents that come out on uh, – I don't, I don't want to say he's my friend, but I know that this guy from Swiss Watch Gang uh, YouTube channel, he brings a lot of independent okay. – Marco, there you go, Marco. Yeah, yeah. incredible pieces. Uh, uh, which one's the one that the latest one I got introduced to is Felipe Piccolo or something like that? Oh my god, Felipe, Felipe
2: yeah, Felipe Felipe. But, yeah, that
0: guy, incredible pieces. Yeah. I'm like, this is craftsmanship at, at his best, you know. These guys are passionate about horology, they don't care to become big, they just care to deliver what's in their heart, you know what I mean? And I think going that way, that's that's the journey, you know, not for everybody, but that's the journey that I'm kind of being taken into that direction. That's why somebody like AutoWalk, I brought them up because I don't know if I'll ever A, be able to afford an or work or B, be able to willing to spend that kind of money on an or work. So this yeah. gives me the feel of having something crazy on my wrist where I got it for free, obviously, because I did a collaboration with them. But mm-hmm. even if it was my money, I think it's super cool. I think it's something different, and there is a lot of independents and microbrands out there doing different things—not just the round case, not just the square case. They're yeah. going outside the box, you know. So I think that's super cool, yeah. man. Yeah,
2: there's hey. actually, uh, if you, if you like that kind of crazy look, there's actually one that's uh, a brand that's doing some cool stuff. Uh, that's coming out with their watch, and I think next month it's called Argonne Watches um it's i it's, heard of him. Uh, i think so yeah uh, by this guy guillaume guillaume laide he is the guy who rejuvenated nevada and volcano um yep. and he started this brand uh argon with uh tio Ofre. um they developed a jump hour module on this kind of spaceship looking crazy watch um and it's quite it's priced quite uh competitively like 1500 euros or something which is like which is like, oh yeah, 50, 1,500 U.S. Mm. Um, so yeah, check it out. I'll, really, I'll really check it cool out. Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've
0: collaborated with Nevada Grinchin. It's super cool. I, I like what those... I don't know. Do you guys think we're moving away from that, though? Or or, or is it still going to be strong moving forward where somebody takes a, a heritage brand and kind of brings it back in this whole vintage, like the Black Bay 58, right? You look at it and you're like, oh, that's a vintage mm-hmm. sign in a modern case. Is that still going to be the case moving forward? Or, or are we moving away from that and going more into like the crazy stuff
2: and more independent and just like different things mm-hmm. that we haven't seen? I think the trend is definitely more um i wouldn't say more crazy but i would say more differentiation you know people are just kind of a bit getting a bit tired of looking at the same things over and over again you know whether it's the same watches uh, the same models the same brands i think people collectors specifically are looking for differentiation Uh, whether it's coming from whether that's coming from, you know, watches that look a different look completely, like crazy watches like Bowerg, active De soon, or whether it's something that's like finding an obscure vintage model. And therefore, I feel like brands like Nivali, Grenchen and uh, Volcano or, or other vintage brands that have uh vintage stock watches, I think there's still gonna be, you know, there's gonna they're gonna have their position in the market and people are still gonna still gonna like them as long as they're different to other offerings in the the market
1: yeah makes sense yeah i think that creativity um basically it's like i don't think that the vintage style or the what they call the uh the regular style watches that never go out you know what Hmm. i mean but i think that as time go on creativity you know what i'm saying and people or different people like different things you know what i mean so especially like the younger generation, you know, because they're going to be like the ones that carry this whole thing on. So mm-hmm. when you think about like what you're talking about with the earthwork or whatever, you know what I mean? And pieces like that, you know what I'm saying? It's just the evolution. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think but you hit the nail on the head. It's an evolution, man. So, and, and, and that's the thing about horology It's been unchanged for so long that I think it is time for us to start this, this new era of like watches you know what i mean because we at the end of the day we don't need them for time telling we need them for a form of expression and right. uh yeah. and i think something like an MBNF is incredible because it's it's i I don't even know how to put it into words it's just incredible it's it's a crazy looking piece but you know what to watch and I don't know. I think Max has done something completely different, and it's a it's a resurgence because I mean, you hear him in interviews. He goes for the majority of the life of MBNF. I was broke. We could we were always scared whether we were going to survive. We we're going to close our doors, and mm-hmm. now they can't even keep up with demand. They've been sold out for years in advance. You know what I mean? And that's beautiful because that means that. And during COVID, just uh, watches, especially luxury watches, they became so popular, right? Because people had nothing else better to do, I guess, and had a lot of money or something. But that's beautiful because I love this hobby. I love to see new brands. Mm -hmm. I love to see old brands do new things, right? So when you have somebody like Rolex, try different things, right? I'm not a fan of the new Bubbles watch or whatever motif thing that they came Mm -hmm. out with. And that date date that looks weird. I don't like it but i appreciate mm-hmm. it it's like oh even the guys yeah. that are like so slow to change little progressive changes throughout
1: the years are able to do something crazy like this that gives me hope you know right yeah and then yeah. when i think about like crazy designs i think about the uh jacob and co uh astronomia is that what it's oh, called okay. yeah they you know have like yeah crazy crazy design yeah i i i appreciate that kind
0: of stuff and obviously jonathan does as well but uh jonathan if you don't <laughs> mind i i walk us through your collection real quick man so you got three overworks You told us about you still got your jlc
2: or you got rid of it uh, i do have my jlc yeah i have a, a rolex they just that my granddad uh, passed me uh or passed my dad and my dad passed me uh, i've got a a two-tone mid-sized royal oak um uh, my wife and i share um got a an fp journe um sure. uh, a chronomet suvaan um it's rose gold havana dial um a langa 1815 chronograph um black dial white gold um uh, what else is there uh, yeah, a 1944, 1944 Vacheron Constantin uh, chronograph. Um, yeah. And then a couple a couple of vintage Cartiers, uh, Santos Dumont. Um, uh, and then some more, more modern Cartiers, so two tank musts. I got them for my daughters. Um, I got two daughters. So I got one red and one blue tank must, Um planning to leave it for them and uh yeah and the the, the thc brain Watch, um the one to commemorate our friendship so that's the one i've had uh and and finally i've been like fortunate enough to to be able to have two mad ones so i put the mad one blue and the, the oh. one in red dang yes. how'd, cool. you, how'd
0: you even get the blue you because you have to be a member of like the tribe right to get the blue or did yeah. you get it you got so, it from, them uh, or from somebody else
2: no, so I got it from them. So yeah, so uh, a bit earlier when I mentioned the 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 hour piece, the half hour piece uh, that I got, the other uh, the other half was from MBNF. And so um, when I was pondering getting this watch, um, I actually got in touch with Max um, on Instagram, and uh, we actually you know hit it off and started chatting. Um, and then after I got that piece, I was like, hey, you know. I know this is half an MBNF. Um, you know, does this mean I can I can be part of the tribe? And he's like, Yeah, sure, you can be part of the tribe. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I'm like, Okay, then does this mean I can get one of the the mad ones? And he's like, Yeah, of course. I'm like, hey, Okay, all right, lucky. So then, yeah, cool. man, so you're lucky. That, so you have the you have the blue and the red.
0: That's crazy. That's cool. I have the blue and the red.
2: Yeah, I'm greedy. I'm greedy like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you greedy. <laughs>
2: you're taking it away from I'm us. Very greedy. <laughs> that's crazy yeah. no i'm, I'm sure if he, I'm, if he, I'm sure he's gonna have more have more batches coming out so um 100 uh, you'll get you'll get one eventually
0: that's cool man what a beautiful collection and, and and the crazy thing is anybody that would be outside of watches they wouldn't even see us talking about this stuff number one we're all different nationalities number two we're all in different places number three our collections vary vastly right i mean you have some heavy pieces I mean in your collection I, I didn't even hear uh just the traditional stuff that you have I mean you have one Rolex but it's a it's an heirloom piece but everything you have is mostly independent and it very expensive mm-hmm. so pff, your collection is crazy man <laughs> I mean that's insane <laughs> I, I'm, yeah it is yeah it sucks that you're all the way in Hong Kong I would love to just even be able to touch these pieces and be able to admire them Gosh. because it's incredible it's like you don't come across Like an FP Jorn with the Habana dial, whoo! I mean, that's crazy. Longa, your works. I mean, I your whole collection is just insane. And then you're talking about Cartier, like we talk about Casio or Seiko. It's like, oh, I have Mm -hmm. one, and I have two, and it's like, wow, that's crazy. You've been, you've been definitely blessed, my friend. So, (laughs)
2: thank you, thank you. I
0: have, I have. Wow, that's cool. So, uh, what would somebody? Let's let's finish off with this. So. If somebody wants to become a part of your club, right, the horology club, but they're mm-hmm. not in Hong Kong, like, like myself, right? If I were to say, Jonathan, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of your club. What does that entail? And can I be part of your club? And how do I become a member? Aside from, I mean, you kind of mentioned go to the website and register. Is that it? Is that all it takes? Or do they have to contact you? I mean, what- that's,
2: that's pretty much it, you know, right now um just go to our website uh sign up for a free account follow us on instagram the dotherology.club, um and check out our youtube channel the horology club everything is free you know we have free content uh our videos are all free um if you know you're in town right now if we have a, an event in hong kong of course um just hit us up and then let us let us know you're in town and then we'll let you know what events there are and just come along to one of our events so everything is 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 free. There's no membership, um and and yeah, and that's that's pretty much it.
0: Very cool. All right. Do you have a personal Instagram you want to plug, or people follow you personally, or?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, my my personal Instagram is uh, watch bruh. So watch and then b r u h bruh. bruh. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
0: that's funny. Yeah. Okay.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah. Am I following you? If not, I'll <laughs> follow you after uh after we stop recording. Great, thank one. you yeah for sure man all right well anything you want to leave us with anything you want to plug aside from the club and and what we talked about
2: um no not particularly but uh yeah i mean thanks thanks for the opportunity for for being being here today i mean i i've had a great time where has the time gone i just thought we just i know just i'm started, like what the heck? And...
0: no it's an hour <laughs> yeah. it's been an hour man yeah. it, it and That's you know crazy. what that's what happens when, when you, when you're, so I I went to go visit a a good friend of ours. His name is Omar, timeless sneakers and watches. And I bought a watch from him. So I went to his house to go pick it up this week. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm in the middle of working. Right. I'm, I'm, I've just got a little bit of time. Uh, and he's like, Oh, me too. I'm busy, you know, but I took a few of my watches he hadn't seen. And he had some watches I hadn't seen. I was there for almost three hours. And then I'm like, Oh my god! I I thought I was here for like an hour. Like it just it just we were both blown away. We're like, where did the time go? Because you get deep into the nerdy stuff. Literally, we were nerding out. He got a little black light, and we're like, this loom is not that great, but this one's better. We went to like a little dark area right there in this hallway, and we're like looking at the loom, like, oh yeah, did you see the the. And we're like, when I left, I was like, were we really like little kids, like thirty something year old guys? Just, mm-hmm. In a hallway with a little flashlight, I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? That's the beauty of it, though. It's like you got to enjoy life, man. I mean, life is so stressful with everything going on, right? With your job and possibly your family and sickness and whatever. Watches are fun, and that's what they're supposed to be, right? It's just an escape from reality and this camaraderie that you build with people. And I, I admire what you and your team have been doing with the Torology club. And uh, Hey, I consider myself an honorary member of your club. Hopefully we get uh, to meet each other at one point and in and person, shake hands and, and see some cool watches, you know?
2: Yeah. I'd love to anytime.
0: Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, before, uh, before we leave P Ross, why don't you tell people where they can find you?
1: everywhere
0: everywhere that's kind of scary now i'm playing
1: <laughs> um ross wristwatch love uh instagram youtube uh tick tock the animated black man you know what i mean don't forget you know what i'm saying check this podcast after socal watch reviews this podcast we are the best podcast in the watch game you know that what, is what a i mean? bold statement p so let's get into <laughs> it no, right. you know
0: what? If if anything, there's amazing podcasts out there. But one thing I, I, I can say is that we have a diverse group come through from everybody, right? From YouTube, from people like you, Jonathan, where you're passionate. Well, you're on YouTube, too, but you're passionate. You have a club from people that don't even have real social media accounts. And they just want to come on to people like you know, Christopher Ward, like Mike, we've had him a few times and hopefully Max one day will make it happen with MBNF. That will be amazing having Max and talking to him and picking his brain because we come at it from a completely different perspective. We're different nationalities and and we, we, we watch this very differently. But at the core, we love these little objects and this is what brings us together, you know. So but uh, yeah, we'll continue doing what we're doing. Uh, you can find me on SoCal Watch Reviews on YouTube, Instagram and uh, TikTok. I don't know why I have three platforms. It's just uh, I guess I I feed uh, Google a little bit more, so my channel hopefully can grow. And I've said this before, and P, you could attest to this. Uh the bigger we we get, the better it is for the whole community because then brands could allow us the opportunity to review their watches. Where we don't have all this money to all this disposable income to buy watches, review them, and then sell them watches. You know what I mean? So when a company says, hey, I'm willing to lend you a watch. We're not even wanting it for free. We just lend us a watch. Give us the opportunity to get hands-on because it's better for your brand. We're marketing your brand for free. And in return, Mm -hmm. hopefully we're getting more numbers to, yes, maybe get more money so we can afford the artworks. We could afford the FP Jorns in the future. You know what I mean? So that's, but at its core, we're doing it because we love it. It's a passion project, and we make really good friends like Jonathan, and and we get to m- meet people from around the world. So, absolutely. All right, guys, we're Jonathan. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, go check him out, guys. Uh, go to his website. Go to their Instagram. Yeah. Go support him. And uh, I, I commend what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work, my friend. And uh, yeah, I will we'll, we'll connect again in the future and see how big your collection got and how big the group got. And next time it's going to be like, there's 500 members. Like what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I hope you're right. But uh, yeah, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for your time.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. As always, stay humble.